Welcome to the Gingsberg Podcast. After today's message, take a sec and download the Gingsberg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Gingsberg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step with your journey with Jesus. Good morning, church. Happy Memorial Day weekend. It's good to see each and every one of you this morning. My name is Dennis. As we look around, we can see that many are here, but we have many people traveling today. And so I want to reach out to our online community and say welcome. We're glad that you joined us as well on this day. It's good to be back in the pulpit. I was with my parents last week in worship in my hometown, and uh, but I worshipped online with you. Pastor Fitz gave a fantastic message and. So I'm grateful for that. Today we're kicking off a new teaching series entitled "Life in the Slow Lane." Life in the Slow Lane. That little bumper that we just heard, we'll hear it every week. Now you know Emily standing up here as our worship leader. That's her voice, by the way. Isn't that cool? <laughs> so I love that video. So today we're kicking off this new teaching series. Although summer does not officially begin for another three weeks. Memorial Day weekend is kind of the unofficial beginning of summer. Many of us are so excited that school is out, and I'm speaking about teachers and administrators as well as students. Some of us have vacation time, some other great things. Where we're hoping for a little slower pace. In 1967, expert testimony was given on the floor of the U.S. Senate. In Washington D.C., about labor-saving technology, it was predicted in the next 20 to 30 years from '67, or at least leading up to the year 2000, that because of all the advancements in science, the average American by the year 2000 would be working around 30 hours per week. And working 30 weeks per year. Get this: expert testimony on the floor of the Senate said the greatest challenge of the ordinary working American in the next 20 to 30 to 40 years would be what to do with all their free time. Now, 50 years have passed since that time. And let me ask you: Is that your greatest challenge, Church? What to do with all your free time? No, we're going a mile a minute, two hundred miles per hour. I shared in the first service this morning. I was thinking about my grandmother, Mary Miller. She was born in Somerset, Ohio, in 1894. So many, many years ago, my father was her tenth child. Lord have mercy. And then when I was born. My dad was older, and so my grandmother died in 1977 when I was eight years old. So I started thinking about all the things that she witnessed in her very long life.、Uh, she witnessed,、uh, in a sense, lived through the Wright brothers' first flight all the way to Neil Armstrong from Wapakoneta, Ohio, right up the road, walking on the moon. But it's been said that in 1898. There were fewer than 30 automobiles on the streets of America. 
10 years later, in 1908, when my grandmother was a teenager, there were over 700 factories throughout the country building automobiles. And the pace of life never ended. In 1953, a guy by the name of Carl Swanson introduced the first TV dinner. Anybody here old enough to remember when food tasted like aluminum foil, foil, right? In 1960s, time saving continued with all the advancements that we experienced. One would be the introduction of the dishwasher that would save time. But also at that time, Americans were driving further to work and working long hours. In 1973, there was a new company called Federal Express that began to guarantee that they could deliver a package overnight. But by the 1980s, something happened that made it even faster that this Federal Express was a slow-moving turtle when you could just walk down the hall in an office and send a thing called a fax to another person. By the 1990s, though, that long walk was too long because you could sit at your desk at a computer and you could send an email. And with the introduction of the internet, wow, look how things changed This world just sped up more and more and more. Today, we seem to have everything at our fingertips in a little device called a smartphone or iPhone. We can go to any library around the world. We can uh, use this for Zoom and FaceTime and email. We can get directions through GPS. We can even have AI today write our letters or essays or whatever we want to do, we can nearly do it here. We live in a world of fast forward. Some of us today are are traveling 200 miles an hour. We get into our cars, immediately say, I got to do something more than drive. I got to talk. I got to do business. And so we're on our Bluetooth while we're downing an egg McMuffin and drinking a Starbucks. And we don't call that sick. We call that multitasking. (laughs) right? Is there another way to do life? Because although that we are moving faster, perhaps making more money, we are challenged. Don't get me wrong. We love modern technology and convenience, and we're not going back. But the convenience of being able to work anywhere at any time has turned into working everywhere all the time. And Jesus says, come apart lest you come apart. (laughs) Come to me and I'll show you a better way to live. Because although we may be advancing here and here and here and here, our relationships have grown cold. We feel distant from one another and, and God. What we thought would help us save more time, it seems like we're busier than ever. So over the next three weeks, we're going to dig a little deep. We're going to push pause in the whole thing called life. We're going to dig down deep into the word. In fact, every message is going to build on the other. And so I want to invite you to track with me. I'm going to give all three messages the next three weeks. And they're going to get deeper and deeper. Today's just the surface as we'll understand what it means 
to live a life of balance and rhythm. Does anybody need a message series like this in their life? I know that I do. And so I pray this will be a blessing and an encouragement to you. So today we're just going to stay on the surface. I want to share a couple little things, some take-homes, some practical things that can to help us along the way as an introduction. The first thing is we just need to slow down. We need to slow down. If your Bibles or Bible app, I want to invite you now to turn with me to the Psalms, to Psalm 46, verses 7 through 11. Psalm 46, 7 through 11. Hear these words of Scripture. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. So here, what we find is the psalmist calling to the people to remember. There was a time in which Jerusalem was surrounded by their foes. They were surrounded by their enemies. And God delivered them. That God was the source of their salvation. That God broke the bow that God smashed the spear, that God gave them the ultimate victory. And we find that reminder. And then we find that God is the speaker, that God is the commander, where God says in verse 10, these familiar words to many, be still now and know that I am God. The Hebrew here means to sink to rest in God's presence. The image is like sitting down in a comfortable chair like a lazy boy or a couch and allowing all your weight just to sink in. Relax, breathe, reflect, remember, wait, listen. Today, it's a special day in the life of the Christian movement, in the life of the church. Today is a Christian holiday. Today is Pentecost. The word penta from Greek means five. It's 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. Today is Pentecost, which is called the birthday of the church. So 50 days ago, I stood here. This place was totally packed in all of our services. On Easter, we had the baptismal. Remember that day? It was a wonderful morning. It's been 50 days since we gathered here and all the celebration of Easter. Now, Jesus, before the ascension into heaven, said to his disciples in Jerusalem that they were to wait for the promise that they were to wait, the Holy Spirit would come upon them and then they would be empowered to be witnesses, first in Jerusalem and Judea, then Samaria, and then to all the parts of the earth. They were to wait. They were to push pause. Some of us don't hear much from God anymore, maybe because we're not waiting anymore. 
because we're not being still. We're too busy. We're busy bodies. We're here and here and here. Some of us are like the guy on the moped. I love this little story. He's a little guy on a moped, 50 cc. Anybody here when you were growing up have a moped? I used to have a little moped at 14 years old buzzing around my little neighborhood. Well, this guy, he loved this bike, you know, and he, he, he pulled up at a stoplight beside this, this awesome sports car. And this little guy's just revving his moped engine, looks over and says to the guy who had his window down, hey, you want to race? You want to drag? <laughs> the guy in the sports car just kind of put his sunglasses down and giggled. And then the light changed and that sports car just took off, squealed his tires, left that moped in a cloud of dust. And he's cruising down and he looks back and that moped, barely a speck on the horizon. He's just kind of smiling in that big sports car. But then he looks in the rearview mirror, he can't believe it. That little guy on the mopeds, he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. He's coming up towards him and he just zips by the guy in the sports car. The guy in the sports car looks down. I mean, he's breaking the law. He's going 120 miles an hour. He can't believe it. So he just downshifted and just took off and he passed that moped, left him in a cloud of dust again. And then he looked back in the rearview mirror and happened again. The guy got bigger and bigger and bigger and blew by the sports car. Now, if you're worried, this is a made up story. Okay. So stay with me here. Don't freak out about this. Don't Google it. See if this is correct or not. Okay. He, he flew by this sports car and this kind of yo-yo went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, they got stopped at a traffic light. The guy on the moped's white as a ghost. His eyes are big as saucers as he looks over to the guy in the sports car and says, mister, is there any way that you can unhook my suspenders from your side view mirror? And that's the way our life is for some of us. God says, be still and know that I am God. But we're jerked here and 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 here. And God said, be still. Unhook the suspenders of your life and rest in my presence. Now, I'm going to say something to type A personalities, personalities who are totally driven, self-made men, self-made women in this church. You know who you are. Don't give any holy elbow bumps, spouses, if you're sitting by one. Take no prisoners in this room who are always busy multitasking. I want to say something to you as your pastor. Unbalanced living may be the greatest sin at Gigginsburg Church. It may be the greatest sin in this room. I believe that could be absolutely true. There are very few people, I'm assuming, under the sound of my voice, that are ax murders. Probably don't have too many of those. Very few people hearing this message today are embezzling millions of dollars from your company. Now, if you happen to be doing that, I want to invite you to repent and believe the gospel, <laughs> lest you go to hell. <laughs> but God can give you hope too. You still have to suffer the consequences legally of your mistakes, but God can forgive you. But very few people probably that are hearing this message that would be relevant to them. But many of us never pause 
We're not really Sabbathing. Even at church, we're working, we're busy. We're doing 100 million things. Again, our relationships are cold. We don't know our kids. Or we're not spending time with our parents. Our marriage is on the rocks. It really comes down to trust. Do we really trust God? Do we really trust God's word? Do we really believe what we say we believe? That God has the best plan for our life? Or do we believe that we can do it on our own? That we are the ones who control our own destiny? And we are a self-made woman. We're a self-made man. Do we really trust God? Are you convinced that a rested, replenished, refreshed, refueled version of you can do more in six days than an agitated, burned out, irritable, depleted, exhausted version of you can do on your own in seven days. Is your story the story of Frank Sinatra? I've used this before. I did it my way. Or will we allow God to do our life God's way? The surest way not to give 100% is to try to give 100% all the time. God has a plan and purpose for our lives, a balance of work. And when we're on, we work. And when we're off, we unplug the treadmill. Not only do we slow down, but we need to find activities that refresh. Find activities that refresh. You know, a question always kind of bothered me. In the creation story, why did God rest on the seventh day? If God never sleeps, if God never slumbers, if God is really all-powerful, then why take a day off? I mean, did God get to the end of the week? I've worked my 40 hours. I can't work anymore. I'm tired. I got to take a nap. No, the Bible again says that God doesn't sleep nor slumber. So why have a Sabbath? And we're going to deal more biblically with Sabbath next week. I said we're going to go deep, and actually a lot deeper next week into a, a study, a Bible study. Well, a verse that has really brought some light is Exodus chapter 31, verse 17. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and the earth, but on the seventh day, he stopped working and was refreshed. I like that word refreshed. Underline that word refreshed. Being refreshed can mean much more than just uh, physical restoration. It could be a refreshing of the mind. It could be a refreshing of the soul. It could be a refreshing of the spirit. We need to find activities in our life that are non-work of the six days where we're refreshed, we're renewed. And of course, we do that in worship, which we'll deal more with next week. But find other things. What is it that brings life to you? For, for my wife, it's flowers. She, she loves to be out with flowers. And that refresh, to me, that's work. But, but for her, it's, it's, it's good. Maybe it's taking a walk. Maybe it's taking a jog. Maybe it's... Um, growing in your mind in an area that's not your work world. It's something totally different. I love history. I love Ohio history. And I love to find an old book somewhere and just do some reading on something that I don't know and to learn new things. Perhaps other hobbies that take your mind where they're refreshing to you. How many bike riders, bicycle riders do we have in this room? Do we have any bicycle? I love Bruce Larson. He tells a story. He comes from a family of bike riders, and so they vacation around their, their bicycles. 
where they go. They at one time had two small kids and his wife and they were out in California and they were uh, riding bicycles and they came across a sign when they were kind of out on a country road that said naturalist camp. Well, because they love nature and they're nature lovers, they decided to go on into this naturalist camp. And as they are going down, they run in on the path with, according to Bruce, about five adults totally naked riding bicycles. The little boy, about eight years old, Joey, looked over and he says, ah, look at them. They're going to be in trouble. They're not wearing helmets. I love that story. But in telling that story, Bruce said it brought a lot of joy. What is it that brings you joy? It's a non-work world. Maybe it's riding bicycle. Find those things that refresh you. On the seventh day, God rested and was refreshed. All this really, and this is an introduction today, and I hope it's a blessing to you. It all comes down again. How much do we trust God? Do we trust God enough to do it God's way, God's plan, to apply these relevant principles? We say, I can't do it. I'm so overwhelmed. I've got to do it. Well, why do you got to do it? Uh, Well, you don't understand. Well, maybe you've put yourself in a box. Are we working to get ourselves out of the box? I I remember um, just about a year ago, before, it was a little over a year ago, right before I came to Kingsburg, and I I was going through a time of busy, busy, busy. And uh, I checked myself into uh, the hospital, Mount Carmel, Grove City. I thought I was having a heart attack. They ran all kinds of tests. Once you go into the emergency room, you're there probably for a day. All kinds of tests. Didn't find anything. Finally, they came back and said, we think it's stress-related. We think that you need to get some more balance into your life. You need to talk to a counselor. You need to talk to certain people. Maybe that's you. Are we doing life our way? Are we in the driver's seat in the sports car? Only you can answer that question. Let me close with this story because there's a better way. When Jack got out of high school, when he graduated from Troy High School, he didn't go to college. Instead, he got a job working at a local factory up in Sydney. Jack got a job working in a local factory and he was making good money. And the first thing he did was go down, went back down to Troy and he bought the biggest, baddest, hottest car he could find. Wow, what a machine. And Jack would drive his car up at the square and he felt the world was his apple. Sometime he would just pull over by the Caroline and he would just listen to that engine tick over. You know, the hood bulge, there were so many horses under there. Well, Jack had a friend, I'll say a friend, sort of friend named Joe. One day Joe came by and said, Hey, nice car. Jack said, yeah, man, I really like this car. Joe said, you know, I bet when you're in that car, you feel like you can do anything. Jack said, yeah, man, when I'm in this car, the world is mine. I feel like God. And Joe said, wow, you know the world is yours. Huh? Jack said, yeah. You know how you feel when you give that thing the gas. You can do anything. Joe went on. He said, see that wall down at the end of the alley down there? You can do anything. That wall can't stop you. Jack was just so overwhelmed. He should have stayed in school, maybe. He said, really? 
Really? Do you, do, you, do you think? Do you think that my car, which is so incredible, can go right through that wall? Joe said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. When you can do anything you want to. Jack sat there and he thought about it. What would the friends say? I went right through that wall. All of a sudden, he just popped the clutch in the second and the third and the fourth. He was doing 110 when he hit that wall. And after the smoke and crash had all died down, Joe said with a smirk, so long, sucker. You say, wow, what a dummy. What a dummy. But take a closer look. For that's what the enemy of our soul says to every human being born on the face of this planet. Hey, nothing can stop you. You don't have to obey the moral laws of God. You don't have to obey God's principles of life. Your life is yours. You can do anything you want to because you're your own God. You're in the driver's seat. You're in control. And we sit there and we say, is that so? Now, just suppose about three seconds before that car is about to hit the wall, over the squeal of that supercharged engine, Jack hears a voice. And in that moment of time, he comes to his senses. He looks over and he sees a man standing on the sidewalk. And he says, Jack, Jack, do you want out of there, Jack? And Jack comes to his senses and says, yes, help me, save me. Yes, I want out of here. And immediately, Jack is standing on the sidewalk on the square watching his car hit the wall with that other man in the driver's seat. And Jack says, that was me, that should have been me in that car. And then out of that rubble, that man gets up and he walks over across the street and up to Jack. And he says, Jack, welcome to life. Welcome to life. And friends, that's the way it happened. That's the gospel story. That's the way it happened. Jesus Christ came out of the wreckage of your life and out of the wreckage of my life. And he says, let me introduce you to a better way of living. Let me take you on a Sunday drive in the slow lane. I want to introduce you to real life. How many want to take that drive? God's provided the way through the cross, through Jesus today. Some of us are jerked here and here and here like the guy on the moped, and you know it. And today God calls us to a better way. So I want to invite you to three scriptures that we'll focus on this week to allow God to speak to us as we go into next week. Maybe you want to put your hands out today as you receive these. They'll be on the screen or just close your eyes. But hear these words. Psalm 46, be still. Sink in and know that I am God. Draw near to God that he will draw near to you. And finally, the words of Jesus to you and to me. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, 
and I will give you rest. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for the gift of Sabbath, for the gift of this day, for the gift of encouragement. We were not called to be on the go with a green light 24-7, but you've given us a greater way. Help us today to surrender. We no longer want to be in the driver's seat. We want you to be behind the wheel to take us on a journey to leads to good health and wholeness and our own lives and relationships. And finally, because of your work on the cross, Lord, a relationship with you. For that is our prayer, we pray in Jesus' name. If you believe it, do you believe it? Do you receive it today? In Jesus' name, and God, give God praise and glory. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you would like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Gingosburg app or online at gingosburg.org.